This is Dr. Holly Lucille's Mindful Medicine. Here's Dr. Holly Lucille. Hi, folks. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with us. This is Dr. Lucille on Mindful Medicine. And today we're going to be talking about, I think, a really special subject, Um, a little bit different than what I usually cover on this podcast, but I think it's an extremely important subject, co-parenting. You know, do you realize that divorce impacts over 2 million children under 18 every year in North America? And co-parenting or shared parenting is increasingly common, yet many couples are fairly ill-equipped to deal with the challenges uh, inherent in raising children under shared arrangements. Boy, oh boy, I have seen this so much. And co-parenting requires empathy and patience and open communication, three things that are often challenging for couples who've encountered their marital issues. Um, You can imagine, right? Well, I have a lovely lady with me today. She is the author of a book called Co-Parenting from the Inside Out. Her name is Karen Christensen, and she is a professional life coach, a writer, and a member of Leading Women for Shared Parenting. She writes for Divorce Magazine and the Huffington Post in Canada, and basically has brought uh, together her real-life co-parenting stories that inspired uh, separated parents and helped them understand co-parenting better. And in this book, she offers practical tips and tools that directly benefit families and, of course, uh, the children, which I think is most important. So, Karen, thank you so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Very happy to be here. This is, you know, as I mentioned, um, I have certainly seen not only in my practice, but in my my just my life. Um, it's devastating, I think, when uh, couples choose to separate and depending on what terms those are. Uh, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, uh, the children can get caught right in the middle. And it's so uh, paramount, I think, to be parented as a, as a, as a child, right? It's almost like I feel sometimes it's our birthright where, where we're dependent and we go through these psychological stages. And uh, when divorce happens, it can be fairly traumatic, I can assume. Oh, it's, it's like the child's life, lives are just turned upside down. And, and they're they're quite helpless, I think, as the parents try and figure out what on earth to do next. Yeah, so, it, I mean, why is co-parenting just worth talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's worth talking about because, as you said, it's, it's happening to a lot of parents and in a lot of families. And because even though it is challenging as all get out, it's worthwhile in terms mm. of the outcomes for the, for the children. There's more and more research now that's showing that unless there's evidence of neglect or abuse, in which case it's a bad idea, then um, having both parents with significant, at least 35% time with the children, um, impacts and improves their emotional health, their physical health, how they show up in uh, academic settings, and their relationships, not only with their parents, but with their grandparents and around them. So it's worth it. It's worth the effort, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, those kids are so important in a situation like this. Um, this is, I mean, the book is, I, I have it right in front of me. It's fabulous. And, you know, it, you say at the bottom of it, voices of moms and dads. Um, and of course, I think when we think about co-parenting, when, when, uh, people are separated, it does benefit the children. Um, what is co-parenting right for all uh, separating parents? W- what do you think? 
Um, I think it's an important sort of choice for most parents to consider. Um, however, as I mentioned, um, if there is a, uh, evidence that either parent has been um, abusive or abandoned the, the children, then, you know, you you need a, a certain level of involvement and right. and a sense of safety for the children for for it to be um, a good option. And then what can people do? What what can these parents do to actually make co-parenting work better when when there are some challenges, especially, you know, when people choose to separate from each other um, in a relationship? Co-parenting is a relationship, right? Where you have a relationship with that <laughs> parent as a co-parent. And so inherently it has its challenges, I would say. Oh, my goodness, yes. Because for lots of people, um, when you divorce, you'd be just as happy in some ways if you never had to talk to that person again. And um, the moms and dads I talked to, and my own experience as well was, um, it's the, the first challenge is to deal with your own feelings and accept the reality of what's happening enough mm-hmm. that you can sit, sit and have the conversations that you need to have with the other parent. And that's not easy. Um, yeah. for, for most people, but it is doable if parents sure. uh, ask for the help that they need. Yeah. So, I mean, I always love when authors um, pour their heart, soul, and real life experiences into their work because it just, you know, it just, you can feel it, right? When you're reading it. Um, what was the hardest part of co-parenting for you? Mm. I think it was for such a long time, not knowing if the, the co-parenting was going to work for my sons. Because, you know, they were five and eight when their dad and I separated. And for years after that, you know, I would, I would look at them, okay, their, their marks dropped a little bit when we, when we split up. Uh, but they didn't seem to be um, really, really distressed. Uh, my younger son got a little quieter for a while, but as a parent, it's very difficult to tell. And it wasn't until high school uh, that I started to say, "Okay, yeah, yeah, they're they're getting it together." So um, it required some faith that this was um, a good approach, and that their dad and I were doing it in the, in a reasonably effective way. I think that was the hardest. And then I'm sure there were rewards, though, in figuring this out, right? Oh, for sure. In the short term, um, one of my rewards was that I had Sundays all to myself. And, you know, when you're, when you're parenting and working for everybody, the, the days are so jam-packed with work and errands and getting the kids to soccer or whatever. So I found that having a day... Um, most weeks to myself when I could um, just be still and listen to myself and get the stuff done that I needed was enormously uh, important. And some of my married friends were quite envious, actually. Uh, You have a whole day to yourself. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And and the other thing was um, it had been clear that our marriage was, disintegrating. And so it was a huge relief to say, okay, 
that's not salvageable. So here's a new path, and it may not be the one that anyone would choose, but it's the best of the options, and we can make it work. Yeah, I I can almost imagine, too, that, I mean, certainly people have a lot of feelings when they divorce. Uh, Sometimes, you know, people that I've talked to experience a sense of failure, Um, uh, certainly a sense of loss, you know, maybe even even if it's just the loss of the fantasy that your life was going to end up, you know, with being partnered and and having children and then go having grandchildren and, and you know who, nobody plans on getting divorced right it just I don't think we think about it that way at all um, but I could imagine too perhaps uh, one of the rewards of of doing something like this when you are separating is that you're developing not only a new relationship with your partner but a relationship with your kids but also that relationship with yourself. Um, it forces you to sort of, you know, yes, accept those feelings and, and go through those things as far as loss and um, grieving and uh, I'm sure anger and, you know, bitterness and all of those other things too. But that one of the rewards is that this relationship, if you do it successfully, um, could be rewarding in that it's creating new relationships I- interwoven in that family. Oh, for sure. And in fact, the sense of growth that both moms and dads experienced almost all the time was the huge silver lining in their story. Um, they, one of them said, you have to be tested. And I was tested and I found a way to do it. So um, they found new confidence, uh, a new sense of compassion for other people, and, and a great sense that, okay, um, my world is in some ways bigger than it was before because of my my own growth. And they also could see that they were better parents because of their growth. One of the things that I think is really important as a parent is that I can't teach my children anything that I haven't already learned myself. And so whatever I learn, it, it, it spills over onto my ability to parent them. Tell me, you know, maybe this could have been a better question up front, but what do you, how do you define co-parenting? What does it look like? Well, in fact, there are a number of definitions. Um, the most commonly used one is both parents get at least 35% um, time with their children. Um, and often it's closer to 50, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be. And the reason that the time is the critical factor is that when you get closer to equal time, you know, more than 20%, say, um, and 35 and up, both parents end up spending day-to-day time with their children as well as weekend and recreation and off-to-the-zoo kind of time. So there's a chance for a genuine kind of rooted bond to take place between the children and the parents the parents get a sense of who the kids are as they're growing, and the children get a, a sense of who their parents are, both their strengths and their and their challenges. Wow. Yeah, that's, I mean, like I said, I, I feel like it can be, if, you, if this is a choice and everybody's in, it can be sort of a riveting new family structure. And, 
you know, I love what you said about you can't teach your kids anything that you don't, that you haven't already learned. And I have felt that too. Um, even as a practitioner, you know, if you don't expand your own container, um, in being able to, you know, experience things or feel your feelings, or sometimes even go through health challenges, um, that it's almost impossible for you to actually hold somebody else in that space because it just, it's not, you don't have it, right? I remember, and I know this might be a little bit off topic, but I remember, you know, when, before my mom passed away a couple years ago, and before that, people, of course, around me had lost their parents, and I certainly would say sorry for your loss, and, but boy, oh boy, I didn't get it. You know, it's kind of like a club, because when I lost my mom, I was like, oh, (laughs) this this is all a new sort of hurt. This is all new. Um, and it, it made me a more empathetic uh, person, you know, when it comes to a loss like that. And I think that you're right about that. You know, the more that we experience and the more that we continue to work on ourselves and teach ourselves and let ourselves tolerate when we're going through it, the better we are with our children and anybody else we have to do with. Oh, absolutely. And in fact, I know one... I talked to moms and to dads, but occasionally I was able to talk to both parents in a, in a co-parenting thing, and one couple said, both of them said, you know, I kind of stopped working on myself when I was married, and when we split up, then I kind of had to. And I think often um, a big, tough thing like divorce is a bit of an impetus, sort of whether we want to or not here's an opportunity for growth. And the people who take it um, were, in the people I interviewed, were very, very happy they had. Oh, I can imagine. I mean, absolutely. Now, I'm interested, what are these, you, you talk in your book about self-management skills. Can you can you tell our listeners about that? Sure. Um, I When I was, Past about 10 interviews, I thought, okay, what kind of patterns am I seeing here? And the, the one that really emerged was the sense that people who had um, a decent level of emotional awareness, meaning they had some sense of what they were feeling and, and an awareness of how their behavior was impacting those around them, um, self-control, just so that you don't um, abuse the people around you. Ability to accept reality um, was a really important one because people who didn't accept the reality that things had significantly changed spent a lot of their energy sort of saying, well, this shouldn't have happened, or if this person should have done that, or if I'd only done that. Um, so that three, the dependability is another important one because if you can't uh, trust that the people that you're dealing with are going to more or less do what they say they're going to do, then it's hard for trust to be there. And taking others' needs into account when they're sort of planning and going about their, their own lives uh, was the fifth one. I found people who had um, sort of medium or better levels of those things were able to work out more um, varieties of options in the co-parenting arrangement. And the people, especially when both people had less, then, ooh, there was a lot more uh, intractable conflict, and just um, they found themselves going,
going to court more often. Mm. And it was just altogether um, harder on everybody. And one of the things I noticed connected with that is when even, and it, it, unfortunately it can be just one of the partners, right, if they have very low self-management skills, then there tended to be more drama in, right. the, in the situation. And the more intense drama there is between the parents, then the less uh, energy and attention there is for what's happening for the kids and what do the kids need. Sure. Well, and I can imagine, too, how this could become difficult, especially if one of the uh, separated or divorced parents uh, gets a new partner. And Oh, there's, yeah. There's a tremendous amount of, you know, yet another layer and level of uh, feelings of, about that, because that, that then will shift and, and shape the, the new family structure for sure. But I also love what you say about co-parenting in that the timing, the 35%. Because not only for the the parents to, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is what I'm hearing you say, not only for the parents to sort of be involved in the children's lives, uh, not just their their daytime and activities, but their development in nighttime, but also I think the children being able to, you know, be around their parents as they develop and go through things in the same ways. Oh, absolutely. Um, We all are such models. For our children if they're with us and if they're not with us then they don't have that data they don't have that information about this is how how dad handles it when somebody cuts in front of him in the car or this is how mom asks for things that she needs yeah yeah wow what do you what are some of the things that, i mean you um you've, you've interviewed a lot of 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 couples, what are some of the mistakes that people make that you are, are, are quick to understand and help guide back into the correct way of co-parenting? Hmm. Well, one of the, a lot of them have to do with dealing with their feelings. Um, mm-hmm. People who just kind of try and bowl through it and say, I know this is a tough, but I'll get through it. And, and fine, I'm going to co-parent. The, blah blah blah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it doesn't work for almost anybody. Um, and right. what happens is, instead of the person understanding what they're feeling, whether it's anger or sadness or, as you said, bitterness or whatever, um, they push the feelings aside, and the feelings then come in uninvited at awkward times and kind of manage the, the person's behavior. So absolutely their best self is not showing up sometimes yeah. when they need it the most. So that's certainly um, a big one. Um, being able to focus, and this is very challenging, I think, um, on what you're doing with the children and not worry too much what how your uh, other parents is parenting is, I think, also a mistake I saw some some parents make. I mean, obviously, you want to know that children are safe. But beyond that, there are a lot of variations in how everybody naturally parents. And even though it may be lovely for the kids if the parents are very similar in terms of their rules and so forth, it doesn't always happen. 
And yeah. I saw some uh, some parents had to really learn to say, okay, I can't control what what happens in the other house. I need to focus on what I'm doing with my children and be as, as good a parent as I can be in that time. That's great. I mean, absolutely. It's, you know, I, I uh, there's a, a friend of mine who um, is dating somebody who is co-parenting and they, the stories that I hear, this young girl, she's 11. Um, she has some food sensitivity issues and definitely behaviorally does better when she avoids certain things like wheat and dairy. And she also has a little bit of a weight issue. And so when she's with mom, everything's on point, right? As far as her, her Mm -hmm. diet. Now she goes to dad and it's refined food products and Tootsie rolls and, you know, and, and then she comes back to mom all hyped up and kind of behaviorally all over the place. And so they're really having a very, very hard time, but certainly not communicating in a co-parent style because the stories that I hear, I'm not directly related to this story, but is that almost it's a vindictive thing that the father is doing um, against the parent by just sabotaging the kid and, and giving her all this crap because he just, he doesn't want to take any direction or any uh, sort of his perception of orders from the mom. Isn't that sad? Yeah, because guess who literally. guess who really gets hurt in that process? Absolutely, the child, yeah. Yeah. The child is in the middle. Uh, so something related to that uh, is that if parent, parents need to be careful where they look for support, I think, when they are going through all these feelings and, and upheaval because I think it's great to have people that you can vent to if you need and then a counselor or a therapist or coach or, or, or whatever to, to help you sort through it. Some friends in an effort to be loyal may um, kind of encourage the parent who's in turmoil to diss the other parent and and really say, yeah, yeah, they're such they're 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 such jerks, and and yeah. anything that kind of polarizes one parent from the other is not helpful. And so, if I think if parents find some of their friends are doing that, then they should look for other sources of support or say, you know, I need I need to keep a relationship with so and so. It's not helpful to me. Uh, it. it I may feel like that, but I'm not going to be keep going on about it. I hear you. This is so, I just want to, listeners, once again, this book, uh, Co-Parenting from the Inside Out, if you are struggling with that relationship with your ex-partner, your husband, wife, uh, and you've got kids, boy, I think a benefit for the entire new family now, right? New family dynamics um, would be to grab this book. Wonderful very applicable um, tips and tools that directly benefit you. Uh, it's just wonderful, Karen. It, it's wonderful work. You can also on social media, facebook.com forward slash shared parenting after divorce. All of that stuff is so hard. And I think you've done such a great job at capturing these stories of these voices of moms and dads and from your own experience, putting them into this book as a super resource. 
I mean, because, you know, there's a couple things that when you were talking, I, I've heard of this, uh, this saying, and I, 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 I remembered it. I was trying to remember it when you were talking, but if the cost of being half a couple is losing all of yourself, it is not worth it, right? So you had mentioned that when people do divorce and they're like, I lost myself in my marriage and now they're finding themselves again. And when you co-parent, you have some time to have that relationship sparked up again, your relationship with yourself. So I, I just think it's, it's wonderful. And uh, thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. It was a pleasure to talk to you about this. And I wish your listeners who may be uh, doing or looking at co-parenting uh, the very best. It is worth it. It sounds so worth it because, as you said, not only for the children, but you get to develop a more meaningful relationship, I think, with yourself. And, you know, that's healthier. And and quite honestly, I think when we do better, we feel better. And then we, you know, we do better even more. And I think with our world right now, with the turmoil, it's so important that we all just do the best that we can um, and feel the best that we can. And so certainly uh, tenacious and turbulent um, relationships that are extended are so draining. And if there are little tips and tricks that you can do to grab a hold of it before it's a slippery slope and it's going nowhere fast, uh, I think it's best for the entire family. So Karen, thank you so much for being there. Mindful listeners, we're just trying to open up your mind, give you some great things that you can think about to make better choices for you and your family. And until next time.